A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. They're like a lovely little couple, except they're not. Hello, welcome to A Gay and a Non-Gay. I'm gay, he's a non-gay. Yes, welcome along. Don't judge him. I'm Dan Hudson, he's James Barr. Welcome. No heterophobia, please, today. I, I realise that I have been guilty of that in the past and trying to make an amends. Thanks very much. So, James, I noticed you said on the internet you described Lil Nas X's album as a masterpiece. On the internet? Is this 1999? Well, as opposed to IRL. Right. I said this on Instagram. It is a masterpiece. I'm not saying it isn't. There's a window of time during which you can describe something as a masterpiece and that hasn't passed yet how sorry how long do i have to wait before i call it a masterpiece a couple of months probably that's such that's such bs the best music grows on you uh, so watching the videos to this album like i had immediate growth dan side eye i think videos are different i think you can describe a video as a masterpiece oh, God. Like, do you know what this is just bat, classic I've... you like coming for me trying to pull me back down i'm so bored of this like why are you trying to correct me and tell me i've done something wrong when i haven't done anything wrong i'm just saying is that the correct term yes, to is. say about something it is because we've never had someone speaking this stuff in this space before being gay so openly so proudly and it and it does make it that well it doesn't though because what you're saying is amazing about it is the fact that he is what he is in that space rather than the music itself is a masterpiece i mean it is elton john is on one of the tracks and that is such a masterful song it took me a couple of listens to work out where elton was i was like where is he he's not singing then i realized obviously he's playing the piano but it is (laughs) it is it is a masterpiece you can't tell me that when mozart like did one of his drawings or whatever people were told oh you can't call it a masterpiece yet do you you think do you think mozart you think mozart is a painter He's a sing. No, he like he's a composer. He's a composer. I, po- I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> Welcome to a gay and a non-gay. Also, on the basis of what you've just said, Lil Nas X could come out. And release an album that was silent and you'd still be like, this is a masterpiece just by virtue of the fact that it exists. You are right to question me. I'm glad you are because you're giving me an opportunity to to congratulate Lil Nas X and big this album <laughs> up and talk about its importance. So I'm glad that you've done that. Thank you. But I mean, have you actually listened to it? Not yet. No. Well, okay. So what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, I'm just telling you basically you've, it's the incorrect use of the term. It's I'm not just... the incorrect use of the term. I just Googled Wait, it. Okay. Well, Dan, have you, let me ask you a question. Have you ever judged the uh bbc's entry for the eurovision song contest uh no have you ever voted in the yes have you ever voted in the brit awards uh no i haven't no right okay have you got a music column in one of the world's biggest gay magazines attitude uh no okay well i'm a judge for the heavy music awards as it Mm, happens great Um, so are you really the person to be lecturing me about what i feel is a masterpiece or not Doesn't sound like it. Interesting. A gay and a non-gay. That's the first time I've ever won an argument with you. I'm so proud of myself. That was a moment. It was a masterpiece. Thank you. Maybe you should wait until you've heard this podcast a couple of times before saying that, Dan. But This is from the future. <laughs> I appreciate the thought. Here's something we haven't talked about yet. I've stopped drinking alcohol. Well, hey. You know what? Actually, yesterday was day 69. I 69'd my sobriety. Well, hey. It's funny because you sort of kicked it off and you're not... Thanks. And you're not sober, but you were reading a book that I then read. Well, I mean, I am at the, I am at the minute. Right. 
I don't know how to get into this. I'm not comfortable with this at all. Why? Do you want a drink? Oh my god, that that's the most Why? unsupportive Why? thing you could. No, possibly I am. I am. Being, I am. I am supportive. In fact, in fact, as you were going to say, I got you on this path in the first place. Well. No. I mean, I don't know why I gave you credit. You didn't. You just said you were reading a book and I then read it. This is a book, by the way, which is objectively a masterpiece called The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober. It's an amazing book. It's definitely changed my life in the last 70 days. And I, yeah, I'm really grateful I read it. It's so interesting. It's just opened up a whole world of stuff I didn't know anything about. Here's the thing. I'm so early in in this journey and who knows whether I'm going to continue or not. So it's difficult to talk about it. But one of the hardest things about it is that being gay, being LGBTQ+, is so entrenched in drinking alcohol because our whole movement, or some of our movement, pretty much started in a bar, the Stonewall Inn. And because of that, most of my friends and my social life is about being in places that serve alcohol. And so it is really challenging to not drink. And I feel like I've kind of lost friends because I don't have as many plans anymore. But it's probably not that. It's probably that I've got more time because I'm not spending half a day hungover. But I'm really missing... I'm really missing alcohol as well, which is terrible. I don't know if that's part of it or not, but I'm like seeing people drinking and missing it. But here's what I'm missing, Dan. I'm missing the bad decisions. Right. I'm missing getting really bad food at three in the morning or making friends with a complete stranger and telling them I love them in a doorway or have you had nights where you've completely regretted everything not really right well i miss i miss that i don't i don't i I barely drink is probably a better way of putting it as opposed to not doing it at all because i think like everything in moderation is probably fine but you do notice like how bloody annoying drunk people are when you're not particularly people who are like seem to be obsessed with getting you drunk yeah surely you want someone to stay sober so they can drive you home i've noticed this too like the first night i went out not drinking i ordered a mocktail at the bar and the girl behind the bar literally went why are you not drinking right what a ridiculous question why are you why is that any of your business and so i said oh i'm driving because it was an easy get out and she was like oh of course, yeah. fine that makes sense that's been signed off then as that's, a, fine. Legit. That's, that's legit but i've been guilty of this as well i've definitely been like why are you not drinking Ugh, like have a drink you're so boring that's my own shame and i'm trying to drag someone else down with me yeah i've had friends that have given up alcohol too and i've been i've definitely been unsupportive because i wasn't educated said- well i don't know just like why <laughs> but then more recently i'd spent like a year and a half telling my friend that had given up alcohol oh my god i wish i knew how to do it can i get another double vodka please in a bar just continuing to be a mess whilst admiring my friend who's sober and saying how did you do it but also ordering shots of jägermeister how insane one of the worst things i did was when i went to the doctor about my depression and i was saying i have suicidal thoughts etc and he prescribed me some antidepressants and when i got home i read the packet and it was like do not take these with alcohol so i refused to take my medication marched back to my GP and said, I need one that I can drink alcohol with. So I allowed myself to continue having suicidal thoughts because of alcohol. Like I I prioritized alcohol over my own mental health journey. That's so fucked up. So I think when I stopped taking antidepressants this year, I sort of realized, why am I drinking a depressant? Why am I actively drinking depression? Yeah, I mean, it certainly doesn't help. So that's sort of why I've stopped. I just was fed up of feeling 
low. So when was the last time you had a drink? I'd just been to Ibiza and I drank like every day and I got back feeling really bad and I was like, I've just been on holiday and I feel shit. But that's normal. Like I always, I always return from holiday feeling like that. But I guess this time I was just done with it. It's interesting how, it, I guess in the UK specifically, or probably around the world as well, is the default thing to socialise, oh, we should go for a drink. When you think about it, that's quite interesting, isn't it? And like why that and why not go for dinner? I've always thought it was odd at the end of a night when we're really drunk, we get a takeaway, we get like really bad food. I always think like, why am I eating that? I should be eating a banana. No one's stopping you from eating a banana. Well, I mean, quite often I, I did, Dan. But this is the question. It's like, why are all the things that are unhealthy seen as good? And and on our birthdays, we're given champagne and we're given alcohol and we're encouraged to get really drunk and same on weddings. It's like, get really drunk. It's your special day. Why would you get drunk on your special day? Surely everything should be great as it is. Why do you need to throw in a shit ton of alcohol that will block your memory out? My mum would not turn up on my birthday and, and shower me in MDMA and be like, here's a shit ton of ecstasy. Because that's seen as probably quite a bad thing to do. Yet they'll happily throw alcohol, which is also a drug, at you. Because yeah. socially, that's accepted. It's funny as well how alcohol seems to be innocent. Like We've yeah. painted it as this like innocent thing. And all the campaigns around it are like, drink responsibly. What I absolutely hate is when I'm, I'm going home, got to work the next day, and I then have to, for some reason, face a barrage of abuse for that by people who are telling me that I haven't got to work the next day. People are like, oh, it's a Saturday night or it's a school. It's not a school night. Well, you don't know that it isn't. I shouldn't have to justify literally, well, literally anything to anyone. But least of all, like, why is that I need to go home? That's exactly it. It's like you're boring if you're not drinking. Yeah. Why am I boring? I'm going to go home have a really good night's sleep after dancing my ass off in a club and then get up and go to a yoga class. But I don't know where I'm at, Dan. I don't know whether I'm going to drink again or not at the moment. Well, it doesn't matter, does it? Like, you just take it as it comes. What, do you need to make a decision now? For I think I need to stop glamorizing it. But you're not, are you? Yeah, I am. I'm walking around going, oh, that glass of wine looks good. But I went to Pride in Manchester and I didn't drink. No. I managed to get through that. We you I... say get through it, I mean, is it not supposed to be an enjoyable crack? Yeah, but at something... the same time, it's also not always enjoyable because there's so much pressure to look good, to feel good, to be proud, to be happy, to celebrate who you are. There's a lot of pressure out of pride. It's not just like turning up and celebrating who you are. I could see why it w- it, you'd think it was like that, but actually there's so much else going on. That's just me anyway. But for me, it's like I'm looking around at everyone going, oh my God, their outfit's amazing. Or why is my body not like that? Or I wish I was as proud as that i wish i could wear that without feeling embarrassed right i went to the everybody's talking about jamie premiere the other night and there were these girls in the lift who were complaining that there was no bar and i was like this is so funny this is me and they were like we need to get out of here so we can find a drink and i said yeah i mean that's homophobic not having alcohol at a gay event how are we gonna drown out our shame and that was a joke but also i think that is exactly what I've been doing for a long time (laughs) just like drinking so that I don't have to worry about my shame because we're more confident when we're drunk right our problems go away yeah anyway I don't want to sound like I'm preaching because I'm really not I love I love alcohol (laughs) I I think I actually did go like a month during lockdown without drinking it's actually quite easy when you're not doing anything I don't know Uh, I'm the complete opposite I I went months without not drinking A gay and a non-gay. Two unlikely friends take on the world. Well, thanks for listening this week and thank you for letting me share my journey with you. I appreciate you listening. I'd love to know if you've been on a similar path and where you got with it or where you're at with it now. That would be amazing. Please DM us. It's at gay non-gay or you can message me privately at I'm James Barr if you don't want Dan to read it. (laughs) 
I think I think what you meant what you meant to say was if you want to keep it private, not specifically that like <laughs> I can't possibly see it. Anyway, thank you for listening. This has been a gay and a non-gay. <laughs> uh, see you soon. We'll be back next week with our big gay live show. Find us on your socials at gay non-gay. Listen at gaynongay.com or just search non-gay at your fave pod app.